Today, we're talking to a formal no campaigner, Victorian Senator Sarah Henderson. Sarah Henderson, good afternoon and thank you for joining us on the program. It's my absolute pleasure. Good afternoon to you. Now, can I start by uh, asking you about the Victorian opposition leader, John Pesuto, who declared that he will be voting no. Now, earlier this week, it sort of came as a bit of a surprise to some who saw him as a, um, a liberal moderate with progressive views on Indigenous issues. When something... He has been accused, I will put into context, of uh, bowing to pressure from within his, uh, within his party. When something is so partisan like this, how hard is it to have uh, an alternative conscience vote within the party system? Well, look, I won't speak for John Basuto. He's obviously made his decision in Victoria, of course. Uh, the Liberal Party has decided that they will manage this by way of a conscience vote. But uh, the Federal Liberal Party and the Nationals, are, are, of course, are strongly in the, in the no camp. And we're in the no camp because we consider that the proposal before the Australian people is legally risky. There are very, very few details. It's very divisive and we can't have, we don't have any insight, pro into how this is going to help Indigenous Australians. It appears to be a, a mechanism or a committee that's going to bring with it enormous bureaucracy. And I guess for me as the Shadow Education Minister, I look at all the decisions the government is making right now, the way that they are actually axing Indigenous boarding schools. And so if governments... Uh, know what they can do for Indigenous peoples if they are listening to Indigenous voices in remote and regional communities then they should be making decisions right now and I've been uh, very very critical about the Albanese government's decision to axe two remote Indigenous boarding schools in East Arnhem Land and the Pilbara so um, when it comes to listening to those Indigenous voices, I mean, that's the government's responsibility. The government should be doing that every single day. And we don't need this legally risky committee or bureaucracy uh, to, to tell the government what its job. When you say legally risky, why why do you use those terms? Because there's no scope to its powers. And in fact... The Prime Minister hasn't even had the decency to reveal the legislation which underpins the constitutional amendment. So he's not been up front with the Australian people. Uh, we don't know how the voice is going to be constituted, uh, how much money it's going to cost, where they're going to be based, the scope of their powers. I mean, the Parliament has the power to make any laws in relation to the voice. But, of course, the voice is unfettered by reason that its uh, very construct is embedded in the Australian Constitution. So ultimately, if powers or if legislation is passed in relation to the voice and there's some disagreement about the way the voice um, is operating, uh, anyone can actually go to the High Court and ultimately it will be a decision for the unelected judges of the High Court to determine how the voice will operate. So there's enormous legal risk and Unfortunately, Prue, this has been um, exacerbated because the Albanese government has told us so little about it. In fact, the Prime Minister has told us he wants to implement the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which is truth, treaty uh, and the voice. And then we hear uh, incredibly that he hasn't even read the document. 
so Sarah, it is a Sarah, real mess. Can I ask just about um, the opposition leader Peter Dutton's coming out? He has made a commitment now to a second referendum if this one is indeed voted down to enshrine Indigenous recognition in the constitution without a voice. How is that different and do you support that move? I do. Um, Peter Dutton has made it very clear and he's reiterated the long-standing uh, position of the Liberal Party that we support constitutional recognition um, and that is in the constitution. And so if we are elected uh, at the next federal election, that's what we will be doing. Um, now, that's a long-standing position, but it's very, very different to what this government is proposing. As I say, um, the government is proposing a, a voice committee, a voice bureaucracy, uh, which is all about appeasing the activists and not about listening to voices in rural, regional and remote Australia. And as I say, Prue, I mean, I've had a number of situations, not just the two schools I referenced just a, a few minutes ago, but there's another school in Alice Springs, Iparinya, which is desperately needing funding to build boarding facilities, to keep Indigenous children safe at school, to give them the same opportunities as other children. Um, there's also been $40 million announced for schools in Central Australia, and yet the Education Minister, Jason Clare, has failed to distribute that, those, that money in accordance with the community safety imperatives, as he announced a number of weeks ago or months ago. So, you know, we are seeing this government make some terrible decisions on behalf of Indigenous Australians. And, of course, we now have a situation where the country is very divided. Um, that is not a good thing for our nation. Sarah um, Anderson, can I ask you a question that is coming on the text? Um, it says, uh, any chance you could ask the Shadow Minister how it is legally risky, as every legal expert and constitutional expert has stated it does not pose a risk to the Constitution? So where are you getting your advice from? Well, that is just not true. Um, there are um, a number of constitutional law experts who've raised deep concerns about the legal risks posed by the voice. And in fact, um, an eminent former... Can you tell eminent, me who they are? Um, Ian, Ian Callanan is one, one mm -hmm. of the most prominent, uh, a former High Court judge. And he has actually said that he believes that we could be up for at least a decade of um, constitutional and administrative law litigation arising out of the voice. Now, that's Ian Cullinan, ACKC, a former High Court judge. So uh, we are very concerned about the voice. And I, I think Australians, the problem is it looks like the Prime Minister doesn't really trust Australians because if he did trust Australians, he would release the legislation, he would tell Australians how the voice is going to operate. I mean, this Isn't is the, the voice, though, change. meant to be designed by Parliament once it's enshrined in the Constitution, and that—that uh, that is how I understand it to be. It would be enshrined in the Constitution, and then it would be legislated by the Parliament together. So, as I say, my biggest concern, one of my profound concerns, Prue, is that the government has not released the legislation. So Australians have been kept in the, in the dark as to how the voice will operate. We don't know 
um, the scope of the voice. We don't know the voice's powers. Mm. There's a whole lot of debate. Some are saying it's advisory. Some are saying it's representations. Some um, Indigenous people are saying, well, no, we need a right to consult. If we are going to make representations, we need to know what the policy options are, what the government is considering. So, for instance, if a government is about to hand down its budget, uh, is the government required to give the voice committee uh, an advanced copy of its budget so the committee can make representations in relation to proposed decision making. Will this lead to implied rights in the constitution? Because if you're making representations in a vacuum and no one's listening, well that doesn't really make sense. So uh, some constitutional law experts have actually suggested that this could lead to a range of implied rights such as the implied right to consult. So, as I say, there is so much about this voice that Australians don't know. An implied this is... right to consult, though, doesn't suggest that that consult consultation would have to be um, enacted upon, does well, it? Well, the problem is we don't know. We are in the dark. Australians are completely in the dark because we don't exactly know. We, we know nothing about what's going to be in the legislation. So, if I look at the actual... Um, if I look at the proposed amendment, uh, and if you look at what is actually proposed, it says there should be a body to be called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice. And then the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice may make representations to the Parliament and the Executive Government of the Commonwealth on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And the Parliament shall have power to make laws with respect to matters relating to the voice. And so we have no idea what those powers are. I mean, those powers... But those, those in... are powers for the Parliament, aren't they? The powers are the... Pa the, parliament, the, the Parliament is, is here to serve the Australian people. If the, if the government is asking the Australian people to change our nation's rule book, surely they should have the decency, the Prime Minister should have the decency to tell the Australian people what it has planned. Uh, this is chaotic. I mean, this is not the way to change our referendum, our constitution proves. Sarah Henderson, I mean, just... It's very disrespectful to the Australian people. Just and before I why... let you go, I'm sorry, I am, I am um, running out of time and I'm very conscious that, um, that I would like to just ask very briefly what you would like to see happen. If this was all started again, what would be your ideal model, Sarah Henderson? Well, our long-standing position is that we want to see um, recognition of Indigenous people in the Constitution. So I hope that together we can work on that aspiration and together all Australians, when there is the opportunity, and it looks like that opportunity won't arise uh, unless we are elected, I do hope that we get there because... Uh, we are interested in changes to our constitution which unite our country and don't divide our country. Good to talk with you this afternoon. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much, Pro. Great to talk to you as well.